0: Okay, hey guys, welcome to consume podcast by me, Burton Olivier, uh, where I talk about all the things I consume. With the main framework being my watch a movie every day challenge. Uh, well, we're currently in the month of. Are this is the last week of high June where I watch all westerns? Uh, and this is also like my daily diary. So, what did I do today? We um, me and Dexter had a pretty nice day. He uh he had an interview for a job at the, at the Paramount lot. Sounds like it went well, and that's pretty cool. He might start as early as next week if he gets it. So, you know, fingers crossed. Hopefully he does. Because it actually does sound like a really good gig for him. It's on, like, NCIS, uh, the LA one, in their accounting office. And so if he, like, gets in with this show, and, like, with that crew, he should be good for a while. Which is, you know, kind of rare for these, uh production jobs even if you are just in the accounting department and it sounds like even though he has to go into the office it sounds like paramount is being pretty strict and on it with their COVID protocols so that's nice and also i'm (laughs) selfishly uh looking forward to having the house to myself if he has a job and has to go into the office that's gonna be nice it's not gonna be much different from what i usually do (laughs) uh but you know, so there's something, like, calming about having the house to yourself. Uh, anyway, so he did that interview, and then we drove around. We went down to Culver City to Pulp Fiction. Uh, I got some Doom Patrol comics, and that was cool. Uh, then we hit up a couple other comic book shops in the area, and I stopped at that convenience store that I talked about last week that was super stocked so I could get more Fago and try more of the flavors that I haven't tried yet. Uh, yeah, it was a nice little... Little day, drive around the city and checking out stuff. And then I came home and watched the our first movie this week. And I watched Navajo Joe uh, from 1966 with Burt Reynolds, uh, directed by Sergio Corbucci. Bucci, however, you pronounce two C's in Italian. The guy who did Django. Um, and this is a fun. It's a fun little movie. Uh, it's just like a revenge western. There's nothing. Uh, nothing's mind blowing here. Nothing too impressive, but it's fun. Uh, Burt Reynolds plays the, uh, the title character, Navajo Joe, which I first looked at the letterboxed reviews, and a lot of them were talking about, like, you know, it's iffy that, like, this white man is playing, uh, this Native American, um, but when I was reading the, the Wikipedia and IMDb, apparently I didn't know Burt Reynolds is part Cherokee. I don't know how much Cherokee. I don't know if it's, like, valid, but also who the fuck am I to say? Um, but yeah, but in this movie, he plays a, uh, part, um, I think that his character is supposed to only be part Native American. I think though, so. I read that somewhere. Anyways, so not as problematic as you would think, but like the way he looks and like they gave him this shitty wig and kind of a spray tan <laughs> to look a little more Native American. But I think I'm going to blame that more on the Italian costumes, uh, department, not knowing or caring enough about what proper native americans uh look like in 1966 anyways his whole family gets killed by this uh bandit called duncan who leads this gang of outlaws they run around just killing people or killing native americans and taking scalps because i guess there used to be like a thing for like getting paid money for scalps um then they ride into this town, and they learn that now scalp hunting is illegal, and their reaction to this is to burn down the town, <laughs> and then for some reason while they're burning down the town, this random dude is like, hey, I'm actually from the next town over, and we're getting a lot of money from the government, but I know who the train is, and I know the combination, and me and you can team up to fuck over the town where I live and take all that money, and so that's the, the gist of the movie. It's this gang trying to get this money, and then Navajo Joe helping out this town, While also getting revenge on his, uh, uh, for his family and his wife that was killed. And yeah, that's the gist of it. Nothing else too like, noteworthy happens. The action's pretty good. Burt Reynolds, like, jumps around and does a lot of fun stuff. Uh, but, yeah. It's just a fine, fun movie. Good one to just, like, throw on and have fun with. Uh, good score by, uh, Ennio Morricone did the score for this one, too. It's a good theme song where they just sing Navajo Joe over and over. And, Yeah. Just, uh, three stars for this one. Fine movie. Uh, alright. That's it. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, hey guys. It's, uh, Saturday. Uh, it was a nice day. We drove to another comic book shop. This one's out in Pasadena, because I heard they had a good, uh, manga selection, so Dexter wanted to go. Um, so I went. It was called, a Comics Factory, and it was a good shop. Huge selection. Uh big manga selection for Dexter, a lot of trades, uh, all kinds, of, yeah, it was good stuff, and, like, the, the people who work there were really nice, they seemed cool, uh, unfortunately, no, like, discount section, like, my, my favorite shops, no, um, discounts on stuff, uh, but it was a cool shop, I still bought a book, and I bought book two of Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol, and, uh, I was fine paying full price, because they seemed cool, um, and we came home, and, uh, I just watched some wrestling. The uh, the ICW uh, No Holds Barred show was pretty good. Fucking Neil Diamond Cutter had a great match. That crazy motherfucker's always fun. And then the Sadiqa versus John Wayne Murdoch match, that was great. They just fucking went for it. Sadiqa's amazing. I should probably watch that one again at some point. Anyways, I was thinking about doing another uh, stuff I should be saying to my therapist segment today, but I'm too tired to talk about <laughs> how I'm uh, lonely and reiterate on my, uh, thoughts about how we're handling COVID. Uh, so let's just jump to the movie. I watched Sabata from 1969. It's directed by the same dude who did Sartana. What was his name? Uh, Gianfranco Parolini. He directed the first, uh, Sartana movie, and then they gave those sequels to someone else. And this is uh, what he made after. And this one's a lot of fun. It's uh, a as Sabata, and he's basically, uh, a superhero, or a cartoon character, there's a letterboxed review that, uh, says this better, he's like Bugs Bunny and Batman mixed, because he just does cool shit with his, like, gadgets, and he, uh, then he, like, will make a quip or do, like, a smug smile about it, uh, and it's great, I could watch him do that for fucking hours, uh, the story is, like, whatever, he there, he's in this town, there's a bank robbery that has something to do with some acrobats, he gets the safe, brings it back, but it turns out that the robbery was like planned by like the higher ups in town because they wanted to use that money to buy land for railroad road stuff, and then it leads to like a back and forth of like bounties and rewards and Sabata trying not to get killed by these guys whilst trying to extort money from them at the same time, kind of hard to follow, I almost, I, I wasn't following <laughs> that the best, but whatever, we're just here to watch cool shit and leave An Cleef be a badass. There's a fun, uh, su- supporting cast, too. Uh, there's this guy, Carincha, who's a drunk. And I'm, I think he's supposed to be Mexican, but he's also a former Confederate soldier, apparently, but whatever. He, he's cool, he's funny, and he throws knives. And there's a silent, uh, Native American who's actually a, an Italian guy, uh, with a tan and weird hair caught alley cat and he does a bunch of acrobatic stunts or whatever and then there's this other like gunman named banjo who's a white guy with kind of a mullet and he has bells all over his outfit he's constantly playing a banjo that has a rifle hidden in it but it's funny because he's like playing a normal ish banjo for most of the movie and you can tell like i when i first saw it i was like there's a gun in there right but then you can't see anything but then when you finally get to the scene where he fights and he reveals that there was a rifle hidden in the banjo it's obviously a different like prop banjo that's like 1.5 times bigger and has this like thing sticking out of the bottom that you didn't see throughout the 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 beginning of the movie uh it's funny but yeah it's just a it's just a good time i think this might become like a comfort movie for me like this might be just one to like throw on to fall asleep or whatever it's also the it's the first of a trilogy and the second one has Yule brenner playing sabata and then the third one lee van cleef comes back so i'm definitely going to be watching those (laughs) over the next two days uh but yeah fun music too Uh, it's just, this is just a fun one. It's on Tubi, uh, so I suggest you go watch it because it's free. Uh, so, you know, four stars, good time, and that's it. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Hey guys, it's Sunday, (sighs) not really much to talk about today. Just stayed home and didn't really do anything. First day in a while we didn't (laughs) drive around looking for comic book shops. Uh, I'm still feeling off. Physically, like I just can't seem to get hydrated enough, even though I feel like I'm drinking the same amount of water as I usually do. Even Dexter was saying he kind of feels this way, so I don't think it's just me, but who knows? But yeah, anyways, let's just jump right in. Today's movie, uh, it was Adios Sabata from 1970, the second movie in the trilogy, but even that, it's so funny the way they treated trilogies and franchises back in these days. It's just like, oh, this movie character was popular. Uh let's just slap his name on something. Or on this uh on this like kinda similar movie and call it a day. So so this is the one this and apparently this is like in the official trilogy, quote unquote. And there are similarities, but there's way more differences. Um so we got a different director and we got Yule Brenner playing Sabata but originally this movie was he was he was indio black and they just decided whenever they translated it to english to call it a sabata movie but which is weird because there are similarities so like yul Brynner couldn't be more different from <laughs> lee van cleef instead of like his outfit instead of having the sweet like flat brimmed hat and like cloak with like the arm coverings that Van Cleef had he is instead wearing a cowboy hat that has the sides bent up like drastically and he's wearing just a shirt and pants but his shirt is like (laughs) wide open showing so much chest in this like sweet giant necklace he's wearing and he has fringe like the longest fringe on his arms and on his legs like like this outfit would like kill for like rodeo night at a gay bar or something and but he's still a master uh marksman and uh and all that he has like funny guns he doesn't uh he still has like a tiny gun and he has like another like uh, rifle with like a weird side loading magazine um we have the actor who played like Sabata's sidekick in the first one instead of being a drunk named carincha he is a uh, leader of mexican revolutionaries named escudo and he still has a mute sidekick who does like acrobats, but it's not the same guy from the first one. I don't know. It's weird. Like, so I think obviously they're making a movie that was kind of similar to Sabata, but like not quite. Like it was always, that was intentional, but I don't know, it was only much later that they made it official. It's, it's weird. And the story to this is whatever. There's apparently there was a time in, I don't you know, maybe there's a time in Mexican history where like Austrians were like trying to take over. So it's like, uh, Mexican revolutionaries fighting Austrians and Sabata is on the side of the revolutionaries and they're trying to steal gold. And this, uh, other white dude who's an artist, uh, is helping them steal the gold and then like antics ensue and they end up fighting some like Austrian general for it or whatever. Um, I'll be honest. I was looking at my phone (laughs) for most of this movie, wasn't paying much attention. Uh, but you know, it was fun enough. And there was like some cool, uh, some other like cool things there's one character who's like his whole shtick was like he had these shoes that had special cups on the top of them and he would drop these metal balls into the like cup and then he would do these like flying kicks and like send the balls flying like knock people out with them that's that's pretty fun uh there was a guy who would dance the flamenco and like do tap dancing with his uh cowboy boots and spurs before as a lead up to uh uh, The guy who's not Karincha in this one shooting people. Uh, that was fun. Oh, the Austrian gen- general, he had this cool thing. Like in his office, he had a big model of a warship. And like this guy who gave him information, he said, Yeah, get your reward. It's in this drawer that's under the warship. <laughs> go, go, open it. Do it yourself. And so the guy did it. And whenever he would open the drawer, It would pull these strings in the drawer. It was attached to guns, so the little cannons in the warship were actually guns, and so it would kill people who would open that drawer. That's that's cool. Um, Yeah, this movie also it ended on a um, a great freeze frame. So like at the end, the other white guy who was like helping them like double crosses them, but then they get the gold. Whatever. They're on opposite sides of a bridge. Uh, Sabata and the revolutionaries and this white guy, and the bridge is blown up and sabata and his men have the gold on his side and so the uh my guy like yells at him and like it's like sabata you son of a bit like and it cuts off freeze frame and then like in big font just a giant dot 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 two exclamation points and this like great shot of him like yelling with his arms out so that was that was a cool uh freeze frame i like that a lot because i guess in the the actual italian uh title is indio black you know what i'm going to tell you you big son of a dot 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 so yeah i don't know um fun enough i'll give it three stars but it's a low three like i'm would probably just give this 2.5 because it was kind of boring but it did have some some fun those fun things that i listed <laughs> just now uh yeah um, but i'm looking forward to watching the last uh installment and the return of sabata tomorrow and hopefully lee and cleef can uh, can bring it back Uh, but all right, yeah. All right, that's all I got for today. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, guys. It's Monday. I still feel like shit today. Just so hard to stay hydrated, man. I don't know what it is. It's hot and humid. Apparently 50% of our new COVID cases in LA are because of the Delta variant. We're back up to, like, over 200 cases a day. It's very cool. And they keep saying that, uh... If you're vaccinated, you're fine. Like you just gotta worry about spreading it. But there's still like, I don't know, this is such a weird virus and there's like the whole long COVID thing and like the brain damage and like hard shit you can get. Like even if you're asymptomatic, I think, I don't know. Maybe I'm not reading enough about it. Maybe I'm going (laughs) off of a few tweets. It just still just makes me so nervous and so anxious, especially since like, I'm supposed to help my friend move later this week. It's thankfully just driving him in a couple bags across town. And this was going to probably be, like, my first time being around someone uh, with a mask off. Because it feels silly, because we're both vaccinated. It feels silly to, like, the whole time we're driving, because we're going to be... It's not too far that we're going, but, like, it's LA, so we're going to be in the car for a while. So, I don't know. I just hate it. It just makes me feel, like, the fact that I, I feel like I'm one of the last people taking it this seriously makes me feel crazy and also very silly and like I should be ashamed of myself, but I feel like I'm doing the, it's the right thing to do, and I don't know, I just don't get it, I don't get all these people, like, clamoring to go back to normal life when it's not, we're not, like, ready yet, it's not, I don't know, I'm just, I've, I've gotten so used to this, (laughs) uh, Life for the past year and a half that I don't understand. Like, I, I don't understand why it's so hard about it for some of these people. I get why ads and corporations and the government is trying to get us back to work because they just give a fuck about the economy. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of just uh, rambling. I that's just been on my mind a lot. Feeling like there's something else I wanted to say. Oh, um, I went for a walk, we went a little earlier on my walk than I usually do, and I stopped by the Goodwill in our neighborhood it's a good it's a good goodwill uh didn't get anything but i was looking through the books and they had uh xenocide by orson scott card which i think is the third one in the original ender series i should have picked it up i just looked at my bookshelf and i don't have it I should i, I want to reread that someday because when i was a kid that enders game series those like original four novels i reread those over and over that was like the bible for me and it's just so sad that orson scott card uh orson scott card turned out to be such a like weird mormon homophobe it's very disappointing Yeah. anyways uh so today's movie i watched uh return of sabata from 1971 into the, the trilogy i think i said yesterday that audio sabata had a different director but i don't think it did i think i read just now that it, it was the same guy which makes more sense of why it's so similar even though it was supposed to be a different movie um different character i mean so lee van cleef is back And it's basically the same shit, uh, same formula as the first one. Lee Van Cleef is a crazy good marksman. Uh, this time he's in a traveling circus as, like, showing off his sharpshooter skills. Like, the first part of the movie is this weird, like, uh, it's like a game, almost, of all these, like, people killing each other. And Sabata wins, but then it turns out that that was just, like, a circus act. And all these clowns pour in, and all the people get up, and it's all, like, fake blood and fake bullets. And, uh... And yeah, it's weird. Uh, but yeah, so it's, they arrive in this town and, you know, most of our supporting cast from the other movies is there. The like fat old, uh, man who acts effeminate because he's a bad guy is there. We got, uh, Ignacio Spala is back and he's not Carincha. He's this character named Bronco, who is like a town crier who bangs a drum. Uh, the silent native American agrabat is back. Except now he's just a regular Italian guy who talks, but he still does acrobat stuff. And then there's this, uh, a different white guy who knew Sabata in the past, uh, who's helping him, but also double crosses him a lot throughout the course of this, uh, is in it. And it's a good supporting cast, especially Bronco and the white guy, um, who, like, betrays him. They're, like, both very comfortable actors, especially for, like, movies at these, this time. Like, they feel very natural and they're fun to watch. And, Lee Van Cleef, of course, is just a badass throughout the whole thing, and he's cool as shit, and it's just always fun to watch him. Yeah, and then, so the the plot is whatever, it's just a town, the town's run by an Irish family, the McClintocks, and there's like taxes on stuff that are ridiculous, and the, but there's like counterfeit money and gold, and they're just trying to get the gold and blah blah blah. I don't know. It's fine. There's nothing uh, special in the plot. You're just there to watch uh, cool stuff happen. Lee Van Cleef shoot people with different trick guns and trick shots. And yeah, I don't know. It's a good time. I'll give this one uh 3.5. It's probably more of a 3, but I want to differentiate it from uh, Adios and Give it like, give just a little bump up. Yeah. Oh, they did. So in all these movies, they've had like acrobats and like there's these parts where they like jump and they obviously are jumping on trampolines, but they're like hidden behind stuff. But this movie actually gave an explanation for it, or at least for one of his trampoline jumps. And Bronco uh, Carincha in uh, his drum, if he takes off one of the drum heads, there's like a trampoline inside the drum. And so he uses that to to do his jumps. I thought, I thought that was cool. Oh, the soundtrack is pretty good too. There's a really good like electric guitar theme in this one. Yeah, I guess not much nothing else to say really. It's a solid it's a fun trilogy. These are you could probably leave the old printer one out, but it's like it's worth watching at least once, I think. Um but yeah, this is a solid like if you just want to watch something fun, you can throw these on. Uh I would recommend to watch them on Tubi but uh, no, this one wasn't on Tubi. Because I think Sabata, the original Sabata and Nadia Sabata are on Tubi now, but they're leaving at the end of the month. Uh, but this one, Return to Sabata, is on Plex. And I don't know what Plex's rotation schedule. It didn't say if it was leaving or not. So maybe Return is still there. And maybe the original Sabata is on that one. I don't know. Um, but yeah, all right. That's it for today. We'll uh, see you tomorrow. Okay. Hey, guys. it's uh, It's Thursday morning. We jumped all the way to the Thursday, I think. I think the last time I recorded was Monday. So, um, I'm attempting to fix my sleep schedule. So whenever I was watching Tuesday's movie, McCabe and Mrs. Miller, I, uh, I decided, like, I was very tired while I was watching it. And, like, usually I would take a nap, like, either in the middle of the movie or after the movie for, like, an hour at, like, 1 a.m., wake up at 2, then record or whatever. But I decided that night to just make myself go to sleep. So I went to sleep at, like, 1 and uh, woke up at like seven. So I got a good six hours. And then yesterday was a kind of a long day. And, um, I like attempted to go to sleep semi-early again at like 11. And, uh, then I woke up at 3am. It is now almost 6am and I couldn't get back to sleep. So we'll see. (laughs) We'll see how, uh, today goes, uh, when I end up falling asleep or not. Uh, It's a good thing, though, that I decided to actually try and fix this because I heard back from the city of Burbank for the library job. Uh, I'm moving on to the next part of the selection process, which is a written test. And I have to go in and take a test and bring my own sharpened number two pencils. Like, I'm taking the fucking SATs. Yeah, I have no idea what the test is on either. I need to, like, (laughs) study the Dewey Decimal System or some shit. Uh... Let's see. Is there anything notable from my past couple days that I need to touch upon? Did a lot of driving around yesterday because I went to pick up my comics and they were missing two of them. And I wasn't gonna drive all the way to another shop to get the two that I was missing because they said they were gonna get them later. But I also had to go to Target because I needed to buy a new trash can because something, I don't know, what the fuck happened something in our trash can smelled like cat shit we do not have cats and it ruined our trash can i tried to clean it it wasn't working so i had to throw it away and uh drive to get one but the target buy us didn't have a trash can in stock that i liked uh so i was like oh one perfect excuse to drive all the way to culver city to go to the other target and to check out the other comic book shop Glad I did, though, because I ended up getting two comics that, like, two variant covers. I paid probably a little bit too much for them, but I rarely ever get to see the 1 in 25 variant covers in person. And it was for a Crossover and for Beta Ray Bill. And they were both cool, so glad I got those. Um, anyway, so I guess uh, let's just get right into uh, the movies. Our last two movies of High June. So the first one that I watched on tuesday was mccabe and mrs miller from 1971 by robert altman starring warren Beatty and julie christie um and this one this one was fine it's i like this movie more in theory than i do in practice like i appreciate everything they did and i think there's some cool stuff in here but ultimately like the vibe just wasn't for me like i like that it's a setting you don't normally see in uh westerns it seems to be it seemed to be like in like the northern california oregon kind of region like a mining town in like this uh really wet forest and um so it's different than the usual deserts that was cool i like the uh and like since it's about this town being built apparently they built the set like they filmed the movie in sequence and they built the set as they were filming. Like they would have all the, uh, the construction workers were people from neighboring towns, mostly like young men avoiding the, the draft for Vietnam. And they would put them in period costumes and give them period tools and have them build the town in the background while they were filming scenes. And that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And so McCabe, Warren Beatty and Mrs. Miller, they're a gambler and a prostitute. There's a small mining town. McCabe comes by, sees that he can, like, take advantage of these rubes and become, like, part of the, like, lead the town. He starts building it up. He starts his little, like, a uh, little mini brothel with, like, three prostitutes that he bought from, uh, see, not Seattle, but from somewhere. And, uh, then Mrs. Miller comes in and she knows how to run a, uh, a whorehouse. And so she brings in Her prostitute, she brings it from Seattle, and they build this, like, bigger, nicer, like, uh, whorehouse, and, uh, and yeah, so it's, like, they build up this town, and then, like, a mining company wants to buy them out, and whenever McCabe turns down the offer, they send these three hitmen out, uh, to kill him, and that's, like, the basic plot of the whole thing. The, uh, the main thing that, like, made it not really vibe with me, though, was the, uh, the sound mix, and they like, they describe the sound mix like it was a very intentional feature of this, so it's very, it sounds like they just recorded using like room mics, like no one's directly mic'd, but I think they did, I don't know, they it, they called it like dialogue layering, so that like, there'd be a room full of people talking, and you hear snippets of conversations, and our main characters' conversations wouldn't necessarily like pop out all the time, and it just made it really hard for me to focus and like follow along and care (laughs) about what was happening. And also there's a lot of filters in this movie. So it gives it like a real soft look and it looks nice, but like between like the, like kind of muddy visuals and the, uh, and the, uh, the sound mix being what it is. It just like, it was hard for me to pay attention to this one. It's also like they used these, um, these songs to, uh, to like narrate it kind of. Like, the first, like, half of the movie, between every scene is, like, these folk songs playing in between. And, like, while I was watching it, I was getting annoyed. I was like, who is this fucking Cat Stevens motherfucker (laughs) they have uh, in between every scene? But apparently it was Leonard Cohen, uh, who I know is, like, objectively good. So I'm the asshole here for not liking that. Um, Yeah, I I didn't care for that too much either. The ending is cool. uh, It started to snow in the town, and Warren Beauty wanted to push off filming, but they decided to just just do it. So the whole final part is like a cat and mouse game between McCabe and the three hitmen, while also the church is burning down. So the whole town is trying to, like, uh, put water and put out the church, and they don't realize that this, like, uh, shootout is happening around them. And it's really well shot, and it's really cool. Um, Real bleak ending, though. Uh, McCabe just... He, he manages to kill all of them, but he gets shot in the back and he just dies alone in the snow as Mrs. Miller is, like, high out of her mind on opium, not aware of anything that's going on. Uh, there's also another scene that'll stick with me is there's this uh, Keith Carradine plays a character they could just call Cowboy, who's, like, he hears that there's this is the nicest whorehouse in the West, And so he goes, and he, like, sleeps with all the women, and they end up all loving him and thinking he's really sweet. And then he leaves the house, and he tries to go to, like, the shop in town, and that's where the three hitmen are hanging out. And one of the hitmen is just called The Kid, because he looks like a shitty British fucking orphan. Uh, and there's just this real fucked up scene where The Kid just keeps calling out the cowboy for no reason, and just shoots him dead just for the fun of it, and... That really bummed me out. It was real bleak, um, but uh, overall, so you know, three point five. Like my actual enjoyment's more of a three, but 0.5 for how would I appreciate about the production of the movie? Okay, and then yesterday uh, I watched the remake of True Grit, um, by the, the one that was made by the Coen Brothers with Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon and what's the little girl's name? Uh, Haley Steinfeld, and this uh, it's. it's it's fucking great. I'm really glad that the Coen brothers decided to do their version of it. And like calling it a remake doesn't even feel right because they, they like purposely intently are just trying to went straight from the novel. They weren't trying to do anything related to the John Wayne version. And you can tell the, like the way the story is told feels different. The ma- the Maddie, the girl, she definitely feels more like the main character in this one. And, uh, hayley seinfeld does a great job much more likable than the uh the actress in the old one and she was actually like 13 or 14 when making this it's pretty impressive especially because the other the other actress was like 21 but yeah i don't know there's not much like specific to say <laughs> about it it has like maybe i enjoyed this more just because it has more like modern sensibilities in the storytelling like i it's the Cohen brothers so you know they're good at what they do um the movie moves really well like i said all the performances are great jeff bridges does a great job though it is funny that the character in the novel is supposed to be like 40 but in both movies they had 60 year old men uh play the character um Matt damon does a great job as Lebeef. always love matt damon but uh really enjoyed him but yeah in this version it's definitely much more emotionally engaging for me at least than the old one at uh like the ending whenever um maddie's hurt and rooster is like running that horse ragged runs it to death trying to get her back to safety uh definitely teared up a little bit there ending is much bleaker the actual ending with uh maddie losing her arm and then not seeing rooster again ever and like trying to meet him but just misses him and he's already dead uh that's sad (laughs) um but yeah i don't know uh, it kind of feels like a useless f- review. I don't got much to say besides I really like it. It's a uh, 4.5 stars. The other one I gave 3.5 stars. I thought I gave it four, uh, but no. This is a a whole star improvement over the other one. Um, and yeah, I guess that's that's it for High June. No more westerns. I don't really have any like closing remarks on it. It's funny. I started this out with like 32 westerns in my watch list. <laughs> And I still have 30 after watching 30 (laughs) Days of Westerns. I just kept adding new ones and I guess watching some that weren't on my list. So I'm sure more Westerns will definitely pop up later in the year. It's it's just like a nice... It's it's just a genre that really appeals to me. And I don't... I had a lot of like last year when i started to get into westerns and stuff like uh when i was playing red dead and all of that and i was listening to more like country music and western music i was um i had some like poetic ideas about maybe why i was doing this like maybe because last summer especially we were watching like america like collapsing on itself with all the protests and the uh um (laughs) the horrible handling of COVID, which we still haven't gotten better at uh I was like, maybe I was trying to get to something at the heart of the American spirit. Like, find something pure and good in the ideals of America through these, um, through these Westerns. And I think there is something pure and good about it, even though most of these movies are about horrible outlaws. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I only got like three hours of sleep, so I'm not doing, my brain's not working too good right now. But yeah, we'll we'll just end it. So that was it for, uh, for High June for all these westerns, and for Consume this week. Uh, again, I've, I've been Burton Olivier, at Birds are on Everything, uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, recommendations, and we'll see you back next week for our next theme month, it is going to be Julyman Punishment, where I watch only crime movies. Uh, so that's going to be fun. All right, yeah, and with that, it's time I disappear. But we're gonna let's hear let's hear James hit that that sweet high note in this ecstasy of gold uh, cover again.